We real cool. We left school. We lurk late. late. We straight, 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 straight. We, we sing, 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 sing. We, we thin, thin, thin. We, we jazz, jazz too. We die. Welcome to Radical Listening, the Portland podcast where we talk about local productions. I'm your host, Phil Johnson. And I'm your co-host, Clifton Holtznagle. Today we talk to Damaris Webb and Latevin Alexander of Pipeline, uh, now showing at Portland Playhouse. Um, yeah, Damaris directed the show and Tevin plays the lead role. Uh, and it was really, really great to sit down with the two of them and hear what they had to say about it. Yeah, I, uh, I felt like it was a great conversation because I liked that we talked about devising and kind of going back between the process of making theater traditionally and non-traditionally. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. And, and Damaris's work with new work in particular, influencing how she's working with this script that's getting a lot of play around the country right now um, was really interesting too. Mm-hmm. Like how, how can we uh, approach work that's, you know, being done or has been done with fresh eyes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about Pipeline, the title, and what that means for this play. And I thought that was really interesting because the title the title gives you a certain amount of information, but when you come see the play, you can take away so much more. And I thought it was really good that we got into understanding um, this play and why Pipeline doesn't tell the full story. And without any more hesitation, here's our interview with Damaris Webb and Latevin Alexander. Welcome to Radical Listening. Today we're talking with Damaris Webb and Letevin Alexander, who are members of the production of Pipeline by Dominique Morisot at Confrontation Theater, playing at Portland Playhouse through March 15th. Damaris, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Great. And Letevin, how are you doing today? What's well, good, man? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Hanging good in there. Here, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's good to have you guys here. I know. It's, it's been, been a long time it, coming. It's and of course, been a long time coming. Philip Johnson, our our host who is also the sound designer of pipeline <laughs> yes so. i am here yeah. he is here we back-to-back shows where we're where the hosts are in are the show we're talking about that's yeah. right so uh-huh. we're, we're really making it here <laughs> october 2nd yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh this, this is, is all Whoa, i'm Session october 8th right 8th i'm the 5th Fifth, second, second third. third. Wow. Damn. Libras United. It's a mighty week. week. It's a mighty, mighty week. Cool. Do we have like a hand sign or is it just <laughs> simply L's up? Like, I think we should yeah. if we don't. <laughs> like where, do you even, do you know where we are in the Libra like pantheon? Like what, we're not on the cusp. No, we're pretty, oh, yeah, we're pretty no, dead yeah, on. Because yeah, like Libra's like September 21st. It's yeah. like about equinox to like a month later. Yeah. So we're right in the middle. Hey, I've got. A Libra branding hey, here. I see you. That's the Libra symbol. Oh, it is. Branded onto my arm. So wow. there you go. Yeah. Hardcore, you know. Libra, in this thing. Libra it's for that life. Libra life. Yo. That's right, you know. <laughs> I love that. So for those at home, you know what to expect. <laughs> get nothing but Libras here. So. It took I us this that. long to get started. <laughs> <laughs> we just That's us. Here That's, us. Yeah. That's funny. So yeah, let's talk about Pipeline. Um, I think what we should start with is just talking about how the process went for each of you individually because Tevin you're coming from confrontation theater so you're coming kind of with two hats right and Damaris you're coming off of a a whole nother show and things going on and then you kind of like came into this process I just remember there was a lot (laughs) there was a lot of uh early on I don't want to say stress but kind of like yeah I'm here now and like (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know how was that for you guys um 
I'll say from uh, from an acting standpoint, um, it's been great. It was great to to like kind of step back and to not have to worry about producing in the room. Like every time um, I would hear the designers talking about something, I just kind of okay, nope. Let me go find something to do. Let me mm-hmm. turn around. <laughs> um, I trust Damaris, um, and so I knew that you know, like I was in good hands as an actor. I trusted some of the people who we well, all of the people. I would say some. I only say some because I had never worked with a couple of people before mm-hmm. or sure, one person yeah, before. Yeah. Um, but it didn't take long for me to be like, oh yeah, no, we good, we're good. Um, so it was great. It was um, it was it was a nice stretch for me as an actor to play a seventeen year old again after playing some older characters recently. That was a, that was a nice time, like coming back to that. I hate cutting my face. I hate cutting my beard. Like cutting my. Oh, I, yeah. I, I had shit. to play a seventeen-year-old about a year ago, and I had to not only shave my face but my whole body because I had to get naked. Oh, and damn! Like, You're too hairy to be seventeen. I'm like, now I just look like a shaved old <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but uh, no, I, I, I th- th- it was fine. So you know, like, like, but yeah, it was just, it was just a very. Um, I, I was ready for the challenge to come in and play uh, Omar. And although he was younger, I, my last show, Sweat, was a character who I think was very similar to Omar, just older, you know what I mean? Like, had to, had very similar energy. Um, but so I, I wanted to figure out, okay, how can I make this character different and real all at the same time? Um, so, yeah, and I think I did that. I am doing that as we continue to run. So how about you? Yeah, uh, so came in off another show and uh, sick, sick. This is the winter of people getting sick for oh long periods of time. That's yeah, true. It was like I had the f- it like all December. Yeah. yeah. And so the first, like, I think three weeks of rehearsal, there was a garbage can next to me <laughs> and a box of Kleenex, <laughs> like, the whole time. That was real. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it has been, uh, a p- I mean, a pleasure is ju- it's just this, you know, reflexive way to say, but really it has been a pleasure. I, mean, I feel uh, everyone at Portland Playhouse was super supportive and respectful, which was incredible to like, because you never know how that is with, yeah. you know, coming in with co-productions or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, what uh, I was just blessed with a fantastic cast and a fantastic crew and a fantastic script and a theater that was five minutes from my house. Right. <laughs> so this is Van Butter. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From from a producing standpoint, it was really dope. Like uh, speaking of the team, like most of the design team was black. I I, I hesitate to say of color because I hate that shit. But um, most of the design team was black. Um, I'm so happy to have for the first time at the Portland Playhouse both a black set designer and a black sound designer. Mm. Uh, I don't know what other company in the city of Portland has also hired a black set designer. Mm. I know Phil has been knocking down barriers in the sound design area, Mm. but like uh, like yeah so it, it, yeah. it was dope getting him out here and then having Blanca uh, Latina do do our lights mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah and of course Wanda for costumes oh, yeah. so course, that's just like the stuff <laughs> so yeah, yeah and Lilo who's it, just yeah Lilo that's an incredible stage um, manager stage manager yeah, yeah you like did the math one day right uh-huh. of how many I people of color were involved in the show yeah I, br- I kept I broke I mean I don't remember it offhand but I did the numbers of like for the production team for the cast for the behind the scenes you know and then also how many of them were of women it's a really good numbers yeah 
yeah, we did great. we did good on this one as far as like representing and showing up yeah. for for people whose voice and and touch needs to be on this show. Um, so yeah, so that was dope, um, and I'm happy about that. And we're a success artistically, and I believe financially. So Woo-hoo! that's great, making money and making dope art. That's okay. good. Yeah, good shit. At the same time. At the same fucking <laughs> time. But we'll see. You know, it's theater. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? You know, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. So. As long as we don't have to, you know, go into quarantine, we'll be all right. That's true. Stay right. Away we, from well, hopefully, quarantine starts after the show. Yeah, closes. that's what I'm. I'm hoping that it starts. Like, I mean, I'm not hoping that it starts. <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. After the run is over. If it has to start, <laughs> let the show in, please. So, <laughs> when you guys first got the script yeah what were your first thoughts uh my first thought w- was we got to do this um because this is a story that is uh hot um that has been going on for quite some time um but is finds a way to speak to the nuance of it right now mm-hmm. um i love the language of it the poetry and the language of it really really spoke to me um, how these characters talk. Um, I, I went and listened to, when, when doing my research um, on the play, I went and listened to Dominique speak about writing it. Mm-hmm. And she spoke about how she wanted to capture how young people speak, like without editing it or anything. You yeah. know, she wanted to unfiltered see how we spoke because she thought it was very beautiful and poetic. And she wanted to show them, or I guess us, because I'm still considered a young person. Uh, they want, she wanted to show us how um our our voices are very much so just artistic just as poetic as say shakespeare mm-hmm. or say as any you know any other whoever you can think of so yeah so so that's sort of what what drew me to it um um being from confrontation knowing that we're going to do shows by and about us mm-hmm. um and dominique marshall's work is hot all around the country you know and she got like three or four or five shows circulating around right um nationally we right now we just saw they're doing pipeline in cleveland they, yeah. well i think they did it in the fall yeah, yeah. i was just yeah. when i was looking at this i was like oh yeah they yeah back in our hometown so yeah so, that's cool so yeah so so she was hot so i knew that the play would be great i love the language um it was great timing for us um and so i was like oh great uh, you know let's do this why why wait let's do it let's go let's go yeah so i was interested because you know pipeline they references the the school the prison pipeline right Correct. and it kind of subverts your expectation of what's going to happen because of that title i'm just curious about like how you uh how you felt about that i mean it was interesting because you expect omari is going to either you know end up in jail or dead or, or something yeah, you know yeah. yeah so yeah um i i personally love like because damage kept saying that like throughout the whole process like okay they're gonna think that you're dead like right now you know this is your bank yeah, yeah. moment you know this is yeah. we had we had bank quote <laughs> ghost moments um and so so i that that just drew me more to it you know what i mean because because sure. of course you go in it thinking and reading that okay this is probably what it's going to be like and it's not exact it's actually more of wh- how it is in real life yeah. it's actually more nuanced it's not so like you fucked up, you go to jail. It's like, okay, you, like, like there's levels to it. And she shows through her writing the levels of it and mm-hmm. how it goes from the one incident that really, like, disturbs the troubled young black student mm-hmm. um, and then the rage or the, the, the just uh, impulsive reaction and then how that one impulsive reaction is then sort of, like, generalized over this whole kid's life yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and person. Um and, and he's demonized or she's demonized all because of this one 
impulsive action that is justified on based on other shit and so mm -hmm. so yeah so it's, it's great how she nuances it but yeah yeah and i when reading the script i i also expected that omari would die or go to prison or, or somebody would die or something terrible would happen to them and not to say that terrible things don't happen in the story of pipeline but I didn't expect it to be uh, as regular, like you said, right? Sure. And uh, I appreciate also that in this storytelling, um, I feel like if you just clicked over one person of all the characters in the script, you'd ha have a similar shitty two days of, of yeah. life. Like everybody's mm -hmm. having equally, well, maybe not equally, but their own shitty time for similar and different reasons, but they're all connected in yeah. this world. And, um, which is, <laughs> it sounds so, uh, such a fucking bummer, but it's also so fucking beautiful because yeah, it's, so beautiful. it's just, we're all that, that one step away from completion or from healing or from d going over the edge, you know? And, uh, I, uh, I, I'm mostly in the recent past concerned with bringing new scripts that have not been produced before to life. And so coming to this piece, and like you said, you know, um, she's a very popular playwright right now. Uh, I mean, I used to, you know, producing, you know, working on new productions of like nobody, you know, or just maybe a couple people might know the playwright like locally, you know, mm. whatever. Um, and uh, so for me, you know, the, the First question was, well, you know, what what is it that here, you know, we, me and we, what are we looking at here that's going to be worthwhile? Mm -hmm. You know, um, what can we unpack for this audience here that is going to uh, resonate? Mm -hmm. And um, and, you know, and I also really do think that uh, in working with any script, whether it's a new script or a piece that's been out for a long period of time that. It is true that the working relationships and what things that you you know you're curious about within it that that will hold the foundation for what's happening. And I was so proud and pleased that that happened here because there was like you know the I, I also love the story um, in this larger story of this production of Pipeline that um, you know Ruben being. Uh, who was our set designer, yeah. um, having been a teacher for many confrontation theater people in the past, yeah. was brought by confrontation theater to do the set. And so uh, to me, that is like part of another part of the story, which keeps this universe, this little, you know, pipeline yeah, uh, uh, um, alive and dynamic as well. You, mm. you feel me? Yeah. 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 And our intersectionality, like our the the different ways that we like cross and come back, yeah. you know, helping or not helping or inspiring or we don't even know we inspire or how or we don't even know how we inspire or maybe the inspiration doesn't even manifest for oh, you know years later yeah. or or. I got I got an email from a student recently about like that she was a f uh, going into her sixth grade year and I was doing the fall festival of Shakespeare at the Portland Playhouse and um and I'm directing at her school. And uh, she just had this this like personality that was like I was like oh you are a stage manager like everything in your essence is like stage management and that's exactly what she wanted to do and I was like okay great gave her the gig helped her like kind of like show her like this is kind of what it is gave her some basics time passes now she's in her going into her ninth or tenth grade year in in high school 
And she emails me like, oh, my God, like you spurred the love of theater for me. I would have never done this if you would have never given me Mm -hmm. the shot. Thank you for taking a chance on this sixth grade, you know, weird kid who just wanted to be in theater. I was like. I know, I know. And I was like, (laughs) and she's going to be, man, like she's going to be so great. Like you can tell the type sometimes too. You can tell, you can tell, man, you can tell. And, and, you know, they just got to want it themselves. And she did and she pursued it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you never know who you touch. And I, and I love the intersectionality. Right. What was it like working with these actors uh, as a director? I'm just curious, like, how did you build intimacy between them? Because each of these characters has a very specific relationship. Yeah, what was it like? What was, yeah, what was it like I, working I, with these I, You know, I think that actors, <laughs> being an actor first myself, right? Generally speaking, it is true that an actor is going to want to make sense of the world that they're in, even when it's sometimes a nonsensical world. Not that Pipeline is a mm-hmm. nonsensical world, but that need to uh, make these stories and whether or not they translate directly to what the audience sees, that's like part of the the process of it. So I just basically let y'all talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't think that there's any, you know, one right way, but um, I knew that I had so much uh, brilliance in the room and so much, um, good training and intuition that it would be silly of me not to ask at the start of every rehearsal so any new thoughts <laughs> you know how's this how's how's it been what's what's new what's shaken and um I mean it's gonna make my work and everyone else's work easier I feel mm-hmm. I mean if you if you I feel if you cast good people mm-hmm. right in the in who who feel that they have mm-hmm. the the potential, and you see that as well, then it's just like keep creating conditions so that they can dig in because the brains of six people are always going to be way more than my brain. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll take the credit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, I just have to say, uh, I thought the video design was real great. The, um, especially oh, yeah. the doors at the very beginning too, like people coming through them and, and all that. I really, really specifically that opening sequence the choreography of that whole thing felt like it really set the stage and it really spoke to me to the title too of the pipeline because it was like it looked like just an institutional place you know what i mean it was like it could be anywhere and that and that was really cool what was what was the idea with the video design is that written into the script with the is it says do they say that the words are projected from the poem or was that more of a directorial decision yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um the script gives you gives us a lot of leeway mm-hmm. um there is uh w- w- one thing that struck me when i read it was the uh expression undefined space mm-hmm. so sometimes there were situations where uh the top of the scene would be so and so is in undefined space i was like awesome great (laughs) this is what we're starting with um there is suggestion of videos at some places in the script but they're not necessarily the places that we put the script Mm -hmm. um i mean the video uh and there is also suggestion of um the poem but how we ended up using the poem with video was, you know, I, I, you know, and also I, since I come from more of a world of working with new scripts, I, uh, 
I am, and I, maybe it's like a sham or maybe I'm hiding, but I don't ever look at another production or mm. research anything yeah. because that's not the world I'm used to being in. Yeah. So, um, so I can't really say what, you know, yeah. what has happened other places. Um, I also, uh, with with the video, it was important to me. I mean, the suggestion in the script was, you know, fights, kids having fights at the top of the play, for sure. Oh, you yeah. know, kids at school fighting. And uh, although we had one burst of that at the very, very top, yeah. the rest of them, it became, it became increasingly important to me that it be that, uh, you know, just young black kids doing young black kid life like there wasn't like we're fighting or we're yelling something it's just we're but i feel that how our uh media and how we receive things in this culture is such fear of mm. even when you're like you're walking mm -hmm. you know past the bus stop or whatever and there's some like you know some young guys with hoodies on hanging out and you're like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that whole, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the just keep giving those images. It's not one way or the other. And I feel it, that that's a lot of what we unpack in Pipeline. It's like yeah. none of the characters are pure. Yeah. None of the characters are making all the worst choices or all the best choices, right? right. And we, I think, identify with all of them in some way. They're yeah. all part of us. And so I feel like that, opportunity to check yourself like what how am I reacting when I see that video on the door of just these kids playing basketball but I feel but I hear the music I mean one of my favorite mm -hmm. parts uh Phil set amazing sound design yeah Yo, absolutely you don't have to say that every time nobody is true but yeah <laughs> it's it true. true it is true yes yes uh that the montage of is just uh video of people at a school like the principal and like an older teacher setting up the um the x not the x-ray the uh metal detectors uh, yeah yeah, uh -huh. yeah right <laughs> yeah and the juxtaposition with this music that sounds like maybe it's kind of aggressive i yeah. mean it's at least loud you know and it's moving yeah. somewhere and and what we're seeing is nothing actually aggressive happening it's people moving the metal detectors and some tables into place like really super casually like nothing's happening but to me that's way more aggressive and insidious than yeah. the music or the images of the kids playing basketball or any of the pushing the teacher into the smart board or any of the actions that happen. And there's another thing that in the script, we don't actually ever see any violence. We don't right. actually ever see any of right. the things that are referred to in the script, which is an unusual situation yeah. to me for a script. It's like, well, where's the action? Like, what's happening here? Like, mm -hmm. everything is referred to that happened somewhere else, right? Yeah. And it's surprising, too, to hear that Omari, the way that you play him, has done what they say he's done because he's he seems n normal or even reserved right. more than most people, you right. know? So right. it's, and that really, like you were saying, like, none of these people are pure in any way. It's not like this kid's out of control. He just, just, just too much, yeah, you know. It was just too much, yeah. So, and I was talking with Ruben uh, later about the doors, mm -hmm. um, and this is after we had the doors, and uh, 
he, he pointed out the the farce element of like you know four yeah. doors on a wall, and I was like, yeah, that's what's, that's what's up, <laughs> right? It's yeah. a farce. I mean, it's yeah. not a farce, but it's a farce, but, yeah. right? Well, yeah, I mean, even ways. that first section when you yeah. guys are coming in and out of the doors, it's real Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I really liked that. When that happened, I was like, all right, I'm into this now. Let's do this show. Good. Yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, good job. I, like I, I remember being like creating that moment. Like when you're in it, it's kind of like, okay, like should I come through the door fast? Like what, what's happening? Like how should yeah. I <laughs> do this the moment? And when my understudy was doing his run one time and I got to sit in the audience and I was like, oh, I see what. <laughs> okay, I get it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, I get it. Right, right. You know, yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's why trust that's, trust your coach. That's yeah. why you pay me the big bucks. That's why yeah. I pay you the big bucks, coach. That's it. That's it. So, how much do you see of yourself in Omari? Um, a lot. All but uh, yeah. I, I can't. I can't even say what not. Um, I like Omari was almost expelled from. Well, I think he's going to get expelled. But I was almost expelled from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was around seventeen, eighteen, um. I was I didn't go to a prep school, but I believe had I lived in the city where that was an option, like a, a true prep school, my mom probably would have considered it. My mom was a teacher as well, mm-hmm. um, um, single mother, mm-hmm. doing her thing. Um, I was I don't think I could consider myself an angry black man, but of course, like you know, the the, the black experience, although it is not monolithic. There are a lot of mm-hmm. similarities, you know, around the country. Um, so yeah, so so I see I see a lot of myself in him, which was part of the the challenge of approaching him as an actor, uh, which was you know how do I go up on stage and not be Tevin? Mm-hmm. How do I go up here? What is, what what are I, so I had to focus on the differences between us. What's the big things? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what did you find? Um, how he gets nervous and and when he gets nervous. Um, how he handles uh, fear. Um, I have, interestingly enough, have been playing a lot of these roles with troubled fathers or or, or with troubled father-son relationship, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. thing. Um, although my father wasn't in my life, we're pretty cool. Like, I can go mm-hmm. and I can talk to him and we clown and we talk shit all the time. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, so, uh, and at the same time, I've never had a man reprimand me. Mm-hmm. Like, like a father, like reprimand me, you know, like I've had coaches, you know, do their thing, but yeah. not like real personal life, you know. Um, and so playing that was also something to kind of like, how, like, where does that live in my body when my daddy comes up to me ready to like choke the shit out of me? Because mm. I've never been in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, uh, okay, uh, my mama, it's like she would just punch me in the chest. So what is that feeling like as I see the punch coming? You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. and so or so yeah, so so like I'm I'm like I'm I'm trying to figure out okay, so what's different between us and how can I play those differences? Um because the similarities would just show because yeah. it's, it's just is what it is. Um so yeah, so I spent my time focusing on the difference um between us and it helped and um yeah. The relationships were huge and the characters so like full and colorful and especially when like Omari's father comes into the picture, there's yeah. something like when he like like shows up in the play, there's something about it that just cracks up and like it, it's like the missing because like, you know, your mom's been talking to him on the phone, you get all this context about who this guy is and then he shows up and it, it just like 
kind of the whole thing just like takes off in a whole nother way. Yeah. And I mean, partially because Reggie's like a strong actor mm -hmm. and was doing a great job up there. But also there's something about that that element that everyone's kind of wondering about is finally in the room and then the relationship and then his interaction with the security guard. Oh, oh my God. I was like, I was like, I was like, I think I know what's going on. And I was like, oh, they're in the same room now. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on right now. And then it was like half and I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. How often you see that on stage. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was really interesting to see that image of three black men just there and just like navigating each other. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that was just a really interesting thing because usually when you see black men on stage together, they have, there's some relationship that's built. They either uh -huh. know each other mm -hmm. or they have beef with each other or something like that. But it was just like they were—they're just there discovering each other. Yeah, because of <laughs> yeah, because the situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah, I—I <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, I can that see moment. that part. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm I'm down there. Like I, I've gotten over it now, but like at first I'm like, damn, that's funny. I know it's funny, and I yeah. can just feel it. <laughs> I can, I know it's funny, and like I can just feel it. So I'm sitting there like I gotta focus. Like, right. But yeah. Yeah, y'all earned that moment. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. It. You just milk it as much as yeah. you want. Oh, good. <laughs> Can I milk the end? Can I milk the end? Was, no. So that moment in particular, is that something that you guys discovered in the space? Or how, how did that moment yes. come about? Yes. Stairs. It was <laughs> some of your stair rehearsal. Be a yeah. part of theater mathematics. Oh, theater right, math. right. Theater TM, 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 TM. Yeah. What's like theater good... mathematics? What's this? You want to explain it? You, you, you <laughs> can't talk about it on the air yet? <laughs> yeah, TM. No, it's just uh, stairs because just, you know, I mean, I, my brain often will go, I mean, I call it theater math. Theater mathematics, baby. <laughs> theater math. And just the the height differential, the mass differential between yeah. the three of you yeah. and the ability to be taller because of the steps, even if you're not bigger mm -hmm. or then become much smaller is just, I mean, the it creates an even deeper layer of what is there. Like it helps us visually process all of the things that are happening there. So without even having to like make big crosses or do anything at all demonstrative, uh, just even that gentle, you know, one step up, one step down. It's like, what, so, so it's like, it's the idea of that, like, like thing. And I love how she explains it. It's, it's the idea that like a tall person next to a short person is just funny. Yeah, like totally. Like, yeah. like I like I think there's there's the, the truth that like jokes with the letter K in it get more laughs than any I've other heard letter. About that too. You like know what I mean? It's funny just like words. right. It's like certain things that just work and you don't really know how or why. Right. But and it's a just... diagonal is always stronger than a straight line. Right. In the theater, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Red evokes. Mm. Sure, yeah. You know, and that's because of our Western upbringing and right. something about how we use our eyes and um, our animal nature. I, I would say that we could like check that off as to why all of these things work. In addition mm. to the incredible container of the text mm -hmm. and these yeah. just half a page of ellipses, right? And it's like, yeah. here's some actors who will work those ellipses. <laughs> that's the thing, man. That's the thing about about like scripts like this. Like, there's a lot. Like, it'll be ma. Ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. I don't. Ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. That's it. The play that's <laughs> right now, Found Dog, the show I'm working on. Also, you'll have like half a page of ellipses going back and forth. And you're like, come on now. That's the playwright going. Yeah. But what a gift. What a gift. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Dominique, if you hear yes. this. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. You said you were mentioning working on the stairs. In Did you have to find stairs for rehearsal? No, we were so lucky we had that set from the beginning. Oh, you were able to work yes. on it from the beginning? Good. 
Yeah, because I'm those stairs right there. I spent a lot of time on those stairs, but we didn't rehearse in this room. And oh, wow. it was different, you yeah. know? I mean, I spent a lot of time sitting there and listening <laughs> and um, as the character I'm playing. And so it was, I don't know, there's something about stairs make a world of difference. And it is so nice when you get to rehearse in the space you're yeah. working on on the so set. So grateful. It's so, huge. so grateful. Yeah, yeah. The production, just sort of like scheduling and, and build on this was really great. It was amazing. Um, yeah. Even having Ruben kind of like coming out for the very beginning of it and then coming back for like the tech part of mm -hmm. it. We still like, we got stuff up and ready and we even had props ready like pretty early on um good. yeah yeah then you could do your bed choreography yes <laughs> yes there's so much choreography in this play yeah well choreographed yeah yeah those doors really make it make it possible to like have that like quick switch of place without having to go anywhere yeah, yeah. It's nice i'm still offended by the curtains yeah though. oh yeah the offensive curtains she, yeah. she the We're curtains the yeah they hate the curtains on the side. those are the offensive curtains what, what, so what's i mean i know what you're talking about i don't i don't know why you find them offensive do they break the break the illusion of the sides or something is that what you're saying well it i mean i don't know maybe i'm like ocd when i get into it but everything every <laughs> the whole world that ruben created is these beautiful right angles like uh, the entire okay. set is austere it is, has right angles there's nothing superfluous it is you know just to the point and then there's these soft folded curtains and I'm like, I, like you velvet. don't belong <laughs> yeah. in this world. Yeah. You do not belong here. Yeah. Well, so as an audience member, it didn't, uh, it didn't break the illusion for me. Good. So, but I can understand now that you say why mm, it was upsetting I, you. I really love that, 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 that magic door we got far left. Oh yeah, that magic! I love that. You just like push it, and I can just walk in. Isn't there. It, it's <laughs> like magic every time. I'm like, how did he do that? I love it. I love it. So I love the magic. It's just line. like it's a really hung well, so you can just like give it a little push, and it and, opens and, all the yeah, way. And it's that, yeah, oh. yeah, because yeah. it makes that moment so much better it when does. you're just like when it's just like ooh, mm -hmm. it does. just show. I, I wondered how that happened. I thought someone was like, no, that's had, me, like, bro. Some mechanism. No, I just, I just, I just it give it just it. a little, you know, like, in the right um, place. You know, like in, in, in the dark awesome. night, you know, how the, how the joke is just a push. Yeah. You know? That's what I do. Just a little push. I, once, I, once, I did this show once. <laughs> I did this show once where it was set in the antebellum South and it was a slave revolt and I was passing for white. You can imagine. And I, <laughs> And I did this dramatic like exit, like up this staircase, like they built, you know, mm -hmm. the staircase like they through this like tiny this door to, you know, the upstairs. But it was really just this tiny little, you know, balcony space behind the yeah. door. And you had to stay there for the rest of the act because there was nowhere oh, else to no go. Stairs you know? down. There were no stairs down. But then I then I would re-enter at a certain point, sure, right? Yeah. And so I, you know, did my big exit through the door and I slammed the door behind me, but I slammed it too hard and it went past like where oh. it was supposed to be. And so and I knew that so you get the you know the act is continuing and I'm like trying to I'm like, but I don't can't draw attention to this door. And so finally it's like I'm supposed to make my entrance and I'm like, I can't. I can't open. So I just continued to pull it towards me and squeeze, <laughs> and I had this like, giant oh, hoop skirt. Oh, no, I I made it with my yeah. hoop skirt. You know I did. Oh, I you know. know I did. I got myself through it. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, the show was the show uh, a melodrama. The show was a melodrama, so oh, it all yeah, worked. As long as you played oh, it off, you got oh, it. oh, that's great. That's good. So it's funny the idea us. of just putting that little balcony up behind that door, that stage door, and be like, "No, nah, don't worry about any stairs or anything." <laughs> no, like she'll be, <laughs> she'll be fine. She can stay there for forty minutes. She's fine. 
That's had some awesome. cards back there. Yeah, sure. So that brings me to um, just your your start in theater. So you were an actor first, or how did you start in theater? How did I start in theater? Yeah, origin story. Okay, so um, well, so so okay, so my my parents uh, before I was even born were here in Portland, and they were part of this great books group where they would discuss. Uh, there was a great book series, right? And so sure. Shakespeare is included in that. And so they, in the discussion group, as you know, sing, you know, young couples without children, uh, one that summer, whatever summer that was, uh, one of the books they were discussing was a Shakespeare play that was being produced down in Ashland. So they were like, oh, we're, you know, our, our whole discussion group, we're going to do this road trip down to Ashland. And that started this uh, group, which still continues to this day, but at its height, when I was a young child, was like 200 people oh, wow. would go down together from this great books group. And they would have, you know, read all the plays beforehand, all the Shakespeare. We would always see all of the Shakespeare. And we stayed at um, in the dorm at uh, Southern Oregon because we were an educational group and, you know, and then have discussions. So I grew up knowing that this was a really important thing. And I remember when I was finally old enough, because they were to get babysitters mm-hmm. who would stay with us kids while they went to go see the plays, to finally see a play. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always knew it was important. And then um, when I was eight years old, we went for two years to live in Botswana, uh, where there was no electricity and certainly no theater. And my parents, with some other um, expatriates, decided that they would do a play, make a, produce a play. And for some reason, they picked Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. Why? I have no idea of all the plays in the Snow whole Queen world in that they, I know of all the plays that could be in the whole world. And my dad, who was very black, played Hans Christian Andersen, and I got to play Wanky the Robber Girl. <laughs> and they found a, ch- a church that wasn't being used, and they brought in porta potties, and that's where they did the performance. And it was such a singular event. I mean, there was no theater yeah. there that the president's wife of Botswana, Lady <laughs> Kama, came to see the play. Wow. And that night that she came to see the play, and she had like the sash, and she had her security guards, and the whole consort, that we had to practice a special bow to her in addition to the the group so my state i mean that was really i mean in the third Uh grade i got to play the bionic woman in the school play but pretty good role i really count that uh wanky the robber girl (laughs) in hans christian anderson's the snow queen in botswana for lady kama as my great debut yeah that's a great one yeah how do you top that yeah (laughs) how about you do you have a moment where you were like I'm interested in theater. Yeah, I had one. I'm, I'm just thinking about when it was. Man, to be honest, the first draw was the women. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to even hold you up. Uh, I was like, <laughs> thank I, you for not. Everyone me pushed up. that on me when I was getting into theater. He's like, you know, a lot of girls doing theater. I'm like, okay, it, it, cool. it worked because it works for some for <laughs> yeah, some people. Well, so because I didn't do it in high school at all. So mm-hmm. so um, I played oh. ball. I was a student athlete pretty yeah. much all of high school. Um, got in trouble, twelfth grade. Almost mm-hmm. got suspended from school or expelled from school. And I was originally going to go for to be a lawyer. You know, I was thinking about either law or like as like a third or second option, like dental hygiene or some something like sure, that. You yeah. know, I was I had mm-hmm. terrible teeth. And so I was like, I'll learn how to fix teeth and then fix my own teeth. Interesting. It, whatever. So I was like, OK, some <laughs> a lawyer or, you know, some sort of, you know, 
that sort of thing. Um, and I had good grades, and then I got suspended, and then those grades slipped, and I wanted to go to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Mm. Didn't have the good enough grades to get into there. I was like, okay, maybe Florida State. Couldn't get into there, so I was like, well, shit. Then I'm trying to figure my life out. Um, um, I go down south and do this film. I'm just, I just like do this, like explore talent. It's like a, you know, like those talent search mm -hmm. yeah. things profiles. So I did like exploretalent.com, created a profile, um, got called to come and do a film in, in South Florida. It's like okay, I'll come and do it, and I did it, and it was cool. Um, and on set, some of the guys were like, "Hey, man, you got a really nice voice. You got some nice instincts. You should." go to school and learn this so you know what you're doing. And I was like, you just I just learned the lines. What you mean? Like if you like what I did, <laughs> right, I just yeah, learned yeah. the lines. <laughs> do it for yeah, it. like yeah, <laughs> I just learned the lines. And so uh on the drive back up, just like a maybe like a five hour drive back home. And me and my mama was driving back and she's like, So tell what you think. It's like, it was cool. She was like, Okay, what you thinking about after high school? It's like, I don't know, mom's still trying to figure it out. She was like, Well, acting? Like, what you think? Like, if you go and study and get your degree, nobody can never tell you that you don't know what you're doing. Hmm. So I was like, damn, why she got to make sense all the fucking time? <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, all right, all right. And then I got, uh, um, I, uh, I went and studied at FAMU. Um, for those of you who don't know, FAMU is short for Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Um, it's an HBCU, Historically Black College slash University um, in Tallahassee, Florida. But yeah, so I went there and I studied theater uh, and, and that was, man, I remember like walking into the room and seeing like, damn, she's fine, she's fine, she's fine, damn, she's smart, she's smart, she's like, and like they're talented, bro, like, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't, like, I had been around beautiful, smart women before, but I don't think I've been around so much talent mm -hmm. as well, and that shit was attractive, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. Talent and drive. Talent yeah. and drive. Like, you know, they was like, you know, and they'll go, they're like singing Broadway songs, you know, musicals that I had never heard before, but they are like, they are, I'm like, damn, y'all are singers. Like, yeah. They are like belting as they're just like combing their hair or something. You know what I mean? Just like walking down the hallway, picking up something off the floor as they're singing, mm -hmm. you know, I am here or whatever. And, and this, I, yeah, so I, I found it just attractive first with the, the women, to being honest. Um, uh, and then um, I think what it was, I, I realized I had always been an actor, just subconsciously. Um, <laughs> Subversively. Yeah. And so, uh, and so when, when getting the chance to go on stage, getting the chance to like play these roles, it was, it was fun. It was exhilarating. It was like, Oh shit. I, I, I like this. Yeah. Um, uh and yeah and so so yeah, i think those two things kind of like helped get me in and then just seeing dope shows i was like why not yeah yeah what what gave you the impulse to do that first like film thing uh so uh just honestly just look so th there was like a, a a combination of a couple things happened so i almost got expelled um had gotten to a little back and forth and i guess that's the pretty way of putting it with my <laughs> basketball coach um the result of it was he pretty much benched me for the rest of the season mm. um and i i wanted to quit but my homeboy was like come on man it's our senior year man let's like finish the year together i was like man <laughs> i'll hang out on the bench right, right, right. <laughs> yeah like I, okay um so yeah so 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 um so not really you know trying to figure out what the fuck i'm gonna do with my last year I had a girlfriend at the time and she told me, she said, Hey, um, 
I'm like, I, I had like all these TA classes and like, these, yeah. so like, again, I was a great student. So I had like all these off periods. And so she's like, well, I'm walking to drama. Do you want to come with me? And I knew everything that was to know about our school. I was like Mr. Ambassador for our school. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, there is no drama program at our school. What are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, there is. Like, I'm going to go to it now. You want to come? I'm like, yeah, because I think you you fucking with me. So we go. <laughs> And it was it was a drama class, and they're like reading the Taming of the Shrew, and the teacher again. I know the teacher, and everybody. She's like, "Oh, hey, let's have it. You want to come and sit with us today?" It's like, "Sure, let's read." And so we're reading Taming of the Shrew, and I was like, "Oh, this is fun. You know, I get to do all this and say all that." And so, so after doing that, I was like, "Well, let me see, like, how to get into acting." Oh yeah, so found the Explorer talent. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'll do this shit. Later learn, if you're listening to this and you're a young actor, don't do that. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Don't I'm, do that. I, I know don't it may that. sound exactly. like it worked for me, but it, it did not, for him. That's it what pops up when you type in how to get into acting right. on Google because they right. paid for that. It was exactly. more his drive <laughs> that got him yes. here exactly. yeah. than explore talent. Yeah. 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 I, didn't, yeah. that didn't I got a degree. In a series of fortunate And his mama talked to him. Mama, sensible mother. A sensible mother is really great to have. I mean, I think we should just take a moment for moms who support theater kids oh. because that is rare yes. love you moms love yeah. you moms. same same love you mom wow. i'm lucky to have that yeah. support in my life too so, yeah. so many people i know their their whole family just like thinks they're crazy yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's uh, it's hard to translate it right yeah. mm-hmm. i mean when you <laughs> when you say something like you know, dental hygienist. I mean, I don't really know what a dental hygienist does, but I've, you know, experienced a dental hygienist when I've gone to the dentist. So I have like, you know, and it's like a thing, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and I know for, you know, I've been doing theater. I've been making original work since I was 15, right? Which is just only like a few years ago. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. for a short period of time in my life I um did fashion modeling right and my relatives around the country were way more excited about me appearing in a Sears circular than Mm. they were about me you know producing and making an original work which I mean I get I mean they couldn't travel to come and see it they they you know didn't understand what that was and they're like oh this is what you do I'm like yeah you know (laughs) I mean, yeah, but no. I had a fr- yeah. yeah, I had a friend who did a stock photo shoot, and you know, forever ago, and then suddenly Laura Arnella mm-hmm. from our school, and she ended up on like a Samsung ad that was in like all these bus stops all over the country, and like people kept like you know tagging her all this shit, and at one point she made a post like, you know, I've re- received more attention for this, which was a photo shoot that I get got paid like a hundred bucks for like a long time ago, and it was stock photos, so I don't have any, you know, anything from this either. Right. But I also like made and toured a show across the country recently and did all this other stuff. It was kind of funny, you know. Yeah. What gets you visibility makes people think that you're successful, but it isn't necessarily success. Yeah. It's and and it's hard to translate if yeah, you exactly. if you don't aren't familiar with going to the theater or, mm-hmm. you know, asking mm-hmm. those questions. I mean, how are you supposed to talk to somebody about that if you're not familiar with it? And uh, that's why we have to have more young people and more diversity in theater. In yeah. the audiences. Yo. Yeah. And Yo. on stage. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was crazy. My, my mom came and, like, she saw me a little bit in college, and it was, like, cool. It was still kind of more like school than, like, real theater. Theater when she right. came. I mean, it was theater, but it wasn't. 
when she came to like a couple years ago and she saw me do Cassius Clay, that was her first time being out here. Oh wow. And she was like, Oh, oh, I see what you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you like you're like an actor, actor. Like she's mm, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, Okay, so you like you do shows and she's like, So when you're not on stage, you're like figuring it out. Like you're like, you know, moving from job to job, but like the hustle. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. She was yeah. like, oh, wow. So so she understand Because before, like, when I go, okay, mom, I'm heading into the theater, she was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, what? she didn't never really knew what that meant. She was always has right. been supportive. My mom, like, in everything I've done, which is why I like, mom, I love you. Uh, she's always been supportive in everything. Even if she didn't really know what it was, like, like, I, yeah. like me and my mom's relationship was, like, I always had drive as a kid, even mm-hmm. as, like, a little kid. And so if I was like, ooh, I want to go play T-ball, she'd be like, well, what, is, what does it take or whatever? So I learned early, go and get all the information, come back and say, all I need is $30 and your signature right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then I tell her, here's what all of this stuff yeah, means, here's yeah, what yeah. I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it. Why. And when I learned, I, like, I've been doing that like literally since maybe like third, fourth grade, I don't know. Make it easy. And make, yeah, just, yeah, just make it easy for her. And she's just yeah. like, okay, great. You want to be a part of the Rotary Club. You're going to go <laughs> off and do this leadership camp for about two weeks and yeah. live in the woods, okay? <laughs> where do I sign and where, how much yeah. do I pay she's like my hands for two weeks <laughs> right <laughs> right right good. she's like sound because she knows like I'm not finna go out and do nothing right, crazy yeah. yeah so yeah so my mom has always been supportive um, all but yeah it's interesting when there's that like moment where they're like oh you are doing it I you, get it because yeah. I kind of had that moment with my mom too where she's always been super supportive I've had people in my family who have acted to a certain extent too but it was like she was the one who was always like you know you should be like looking for another career too like because like you gotta have something that you can rely on which is great advice great advice but then like i had moved home and was working at jimmy john's like bike delivery you know not a great job but like just making it happen and i did like four shows in like a year and she's like oh I get why you don't want to have a whole other career because you're actually trying to do something here. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was a really cool moment because she had always been super, super supportive, loved everything I did, saw like a lot of it. But then it was just like that moment when she saw me, like how much work it did take too, because I was living with them and like doing, you know, 20 hour week rehearsals on top of my job, you know, and she, she, she got it, you know, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you gotta get your people to see your stuff. That's man. right. Yeah. It's important. See your stuff. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I had some friends recently um, who I've known for a little over a year now, and they just saw me in a show for the first time. They're like, "Wow, we did, we had no idea, man. No idea." <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 cool. It's cool. Well, and uh, I'm assuming that we all had liberal arts educations. Yeah. The the necessity. I'm gonna give us all mad props here because to figure out this kind of hustle, um, and you know, every everybody has to keep themselves together, body and soul, and psychically, all mm. right. Mm. But that to figure out how you can keep this hustle going, and and it has been said to me by very august gentlemen that. Uh, <laughs> Theater has the best on-time delivery of any industry. And when you think about that, like, you know. You can't be late. And it had the curtain will go up. (laughs) It will go up when when opening night comes. It's not like, well, you know, construction or any other thing where it's like, well, we thought it was going to be, but now it's actually our grand opening is. No, 
I'm yeah. amazed. There's never been something that I was like started rehearsal process in that didn't end up on stage. You know what I mean? It's the curtains going up. Once you start yeah, like sure. rehearsals, it's like things happen in one way or the other. That would man. be like, shitty though if like you did yeah. rehearse for three and a half weeks or whatever, and they're like, "All right, guys, ran out of money." And I'm sure it's happened, but like yeah. for the amount of shows that I've done, to have like every time, and that's something I, I like if I'm in a show or directing a show with kids or something, and they're like all worried. I'm like, "Look, I've never been in a show that didn't make it on stage, so like." It's the Don't magic worry. of theater. Something's going to happen. It'll be great. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No, I mean, but it's real, you know, yeah. and to have to be able to be your, be a entrepreneur, to be able to market yourself, to be able to keep yourself afloat in all of the ways that that means and to show up because that's ultimately no. what it's about to My show goodness. up. Yeah. yeah. That no. I mean, it's not it, you don't just take this lightly, you know. Yeah. If you if you set this course and you commit to it, it's real. Do you have like a list? Speaking of pipeline of things that has gotten you to where you are now, like you know, looking back, contemplative on your dance practice. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Could you talk to me about what that is? Yeah. I want to hear what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, went. He was telling me I about went. It. Yeah, I went this week. Well, I was I was saying to Clifton, there was, there's a lot of authentic movement, and when you get to the 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 part called open space, it's a lot like viewpoints. Only it's. What I said was so for people who don't know what that means. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you, yeah, viewpoint. That's a whole nother. That's yeah. a whole nother bag of wands. Well, it's like a movement. So it's a it's yeah. a movement practice of like to access yourself. Yeah, is what well, I've gathered. Sure. I mean, also there is the. Um, now we are in this time where we speak about theater as performance, which I appreciate, mm -hmm. uh, much as uh, often people refer to spirituality instead of religion, right? Mm -hmm. And and words okay. are spells in our mouth. So like how we go about what it is we do, right? And that's why I also press for us to claim our entrepreneurship, to claim the fact that we are independent funders, whether we're solo actors or actual producers mm -hmm. or whatever else we are still these business people who have to pull all this together right, right. and and um that w looking at viewpoints or looking at uh any of these somatics practices i mean that's where i would put them in and so you have like different intersections whether you come from a dance world or if you come from a theater world or or and, and one thing that i would uh, corral uh, these many possible names and practices like viewpoints or contemplative dance practice or authentic movement or you know any of these is that they are both um, a practice and a process mm. and it is uh, increasingly that's why I pointed to having a liberal arts education I think it is increasingly important in our world to be able to have nuance and to be able to have something that is both and and mm -hmm. not duality because we're being forced more and more and more and more it's like you are this and you fit into this box and this is how yeah. that will work mm -hmm. and that we are being forced more and more and more not to be able to be comfortable in gray space mm -hmm. to not know to 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 be able to hang out in not knowing we have to like have a quick response and we have to know and this is like where like coming into pipeline i was like um <laughs> i don't know 
No. I don't know. But I think I don't I, know. I, I trust. Yeah. I trust these individuals. I trust this structure. I trust this script. I trust the brilliance of the people in the room. Yeah. I trust the Portland Playhouse and Confrontation Theater supporting it. I trust that I have training and background and heart, but I don't know. Right. Mm. And like I think like that's the beauty of the arts. I think theater, which is I, I stand by, is the all in is the most all encompassing art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is the beauty of art is that by by engaging in it at a young age, you learn how to sit in the I don't know, or the okay, that's that's the creativity that that's your creativity at work going okay we're going to figure it out we're going to figure it out we're going to figure it out uh we just need to incubate right now we need yeah. to step back and we need to go get some you know go get some some source material from somewhere or go putter. get some inspiration or putter or sit down and play xbox whatever it is get your mind off and come back like i yeah. think yeah and you yes. have to trust it so much because so many yeah. people working on it like you're saying it's like it's it's the old like it's it's such a collaborative art form everyone's working Yo. on it and just like you were talking about earlier with like getting to actually see someone else do your part walking in and out of those doors. Mm. It's like, yeah, you, you you need to be able to see the whole hole before and that you have to trust. You got to trust. You got to trust yeah. because it's really hard when you're just one piece in it. And if you don't have a consciousness about everything else, and it's sometimes well, hard to gain that consciousness. Which I will say as the, the way in which we do theater, at least now for the most part in Portland, uh, I wish me and Darren's talked about this. We start tech week a week earlier than we actually do it. So that the last week before, like that week leading up to the first preview, we can get a chance to really like just run it with everything because mm-hmm. that is the true rehearsal. We have we don't really rehearse except for like three times before the audience. Yeah, and that's like fuck. That's like well, we're losing and out. Also, yeah. though, I I the other side of that coin is though like it's not really the show until the audience is there. That's true too. And w- yeah. and what I've I have like, you know, conflicting feelings about long runs because sometimes I'm like, I just want this thing to be, I don't want to keep doing this, but you do find so much. And when you're like a six week run or a five week run or something like week three, you're like, Oh, like, you know? Yeah. So there is something really great about that. But also I agree. I've been in so many shows where it's like, you know, your run in front of the first audience is your second run, or maybe your first run, right. maybe you right. know, without yeah. stopping, right. yeah. you know, exactly. and it happens, right. which is exciting, yeah. but like yeah. terrifying. Well, <laughs> but, but I mean, I think, I think Tevin was pointing to uh, the, the, all the technical support and all the other aspects yeah. that like, once the show is open, yeah. hypothetically, you are like, this is what you're, it's set. You're, you're ready. Like this right. is the show. But to like really have, I mean, Phil and I have worked on a few handful of shows together. So like coming into this, we had a point of reference and things that yeah. we already knew we were both really interested in, in, yeah. in moving into. So mm-hmm. that's a huge blessing, right? You know, and uh, to, 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 to be, be able to really collaborate and have these conversations as opposed to you know do good work and like get the things up but to actually like juice into it and go okay this is great and what if this (gasps) okay that didn't work as well but that works really well let's keep Mm -hmm. that part move that around there you know to where you really and and this also comes into what now is referred to as devising but i just fucking knew was making work shit you know (laughs) but you know this way of like let you know if we're if we are going to start to prod the idea of a non-hierarchical 
situation, if we're really going to have horizontal and equal value of, of the different elements of the theater with respect to the boundaries that the script gives us or, 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 or yeah. like, this is where that conversation can, you know, yeah. come in and what a blessing it is to even have, you know, a, you know, a week of tech and then, you know, previews as opposed to, you know, right. I've been yeah, in yeah. those ones too. It's like, okay, here we go. We're yeah. opening tomorrow. To, this is our tech. And to even be like you were saying in your space and on your set to, like that helps yeah. everything because yeah. like the whole thing where sometimes it's like a tech heavy show it's like that last week it's not for anyone performing on stage it's for the people yeah. who are making it happen yeah. which is fair because they only have a week to do it but yeah. like uh, that's that's the time yeah. crunch you yeah. know so that's what's so interesting about tech is that you really do kind of come like you know what you want to do like you have the ideas in your mind but when you get to tech week, you're like, this is my time to actually make those decisions. And so there's not much time. And so you have to get really good at being able to make a lot of decisions really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really fun because, you know, I, I don't know, I've been on stage and when you're on stage, it's, you know, maybe I'll try doing it like this, or maybe you know, oh, I found this thing that's that should get a laugh, right? right. You yeah. know, that kind of thing, that kind of way of working, where you can kind of keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. But pipeline in particular <laughs> is a great example of let's just try this. I think I like it. You only get so many. Runs. <laughs> you know, like yeah. as a sound designer, you only yeah. get so many runs. At yeah, it you, yeah. <laughs> like if it's not the thing by the third day of tech, you don't get another pass. Out. Right. Yeah. Like you only get to try. Like, for instance, music. You only get to try music one time, maybe twice. Right? Yeah. And if, and which is so not fair. Exactly. Which is so not fair. fair. Hope they remember. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, but that's You true, know if it's right, right and you know it's wrong. And so you just have to be really good yeah. at knowing when it's wrong and yeah. having a replacement ready to go. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. as theater artists, it's, I've been seeing it happen more. And since I've gotten some training in devising or whatever, like the whole idea of getting designers in the room a little bit earlier and working yeah. with some of those elements a little bit earlier. It you makes know what for I mean? just a better show, it man. It does because I mean, as an actor, you're reacting to everything around yep. you. And you and 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 it would be great for had a designer like Blanca, our light designer, came in in so many rehearsals. Yeah. And she's sitting there like, oh, oh you're going to so play nice. that like that? Okay, well then to do that to like that, I'm going to need to do this. And so, Phil, where are you yeah. going to put your sound thing? Right. I'm and like she's already percolating That's these great. ideas, you know. Mm-hmm. And that goes to something Damaris was just saying where. What's been great about kind of the collaborations we've had in this community, in this specific theater community, is that as designers, actors, producers, and directors, we know each other, mm-hmm. we know what to expect mm-hmm. from each other, and so we get into the room and we can kind of just shorthand our way towards creating. Mm-hmm. And you need to do that when you have these short processes yeah. that you build four that weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think people realize that that like we put up these immense, powerful moving yeah. productions. And it's really sometimes in like three weeks because that fourth week is not about the acting. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's not about it. Like the storytelling right. is getting more technical and I, now. And I do want you to remember that I gave you two days off each week. She did. I did. Two, two whole days. days. days off next to each other. Man, honestly, yeah. we should document this rehearsal calendar that you created because you <laughs> use it as a template. It, yeah, it was it just was, good. It was five hours a day, four or five days a week. And the show we got is tremendous. Yeah, for yeah, I like that concentrated work. 
give yeah. you some time off. <laughs> yeah. Because time off is so hard Coach. to come by. Well, oh. You need, that's where that, that, that Xbox but, or that, that's, I mean, that is totally underrated that you need that time. I mean, I also asked you guys to come in off book. That's true. Because just, just get that out of the way. I mean, you're yeah. not going to, you know, Learn I mean, still lines, call it. Learn you your know, lines. But, but, oh, then, but then we can all actually start to have conversation. We can all start to actually be in the room together, yeah. try, trying <laughs> different questions around the yeah. situation, right? Yeah, I love devising with Jamie. Just so y'all know, this is an OG divisor right here. Like, <laughs> trained with the Mary Overly, oh, the creator, the creator of the Viewpoints Practices. Thank or is it practice or practices? One. Is it plural or singular? Practice, viewpoints Practice? Viewpoint. Is it practice? Those are the, those. <laughs> is that the original six New viewpoints? Jumping. Seven. Oh, the original seven. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm oh. teasing. Oh, good. <laughs> so I knew it my is history. Six viewpoints. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, and so, so, so the original dance viewpoints before 22. the Bogart ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that's how it goes. You adapt, you adopt, yeah. you move on. Um, you know, Mary devised the six viewpoints uh, just just before I uh, reached NYU. And, you know, what a heady time in the, you know, late 80s. I mean, they were there in the 70s in New York City. And um, that line between dance and theater performance and, uh, you know, what it is to devise, to create original work. Um, uh, uh, and to just start to uh, codify things, mm. right? And then when yeah. um, Ann Bogart came to NYU and she met Mary, then to adapt and adopt sure. that terminology more specifically for theater as right. opposed to performance, right? Yeah. And then, but then theater became more performance, and yeah. So the six viewpoints. Yeah. So yeah. who who is the uh, inventor of contemplative dance practice? Contemplative dance practice is Barbara Dilly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who danced with Mary? I mean, right. I mean. Barbara has her very own, uh, you know, life in the arts. Uh, but I met Barbara Dilly at Naropa University, which is where I did my MFA, and I met mm. Mary at NYU at the Experimental Theater Wing, which is where I did my undergraduate. Okay. Cool. See that OG boy, right. OG. Yeah, I really appreciate the viewpoints be because of it giving that vocabulary to movement and being able to mm. break things down. As an actor, I, I mean, I learned the nine That's viewpoints true. originally, and I mean. In the, because I've always found music to be like weird to say, but like the ultimate art form because you can like completely write it down, mm -hmm. and you can completely just play it on your own, and it's completely emotion, and it's completely you know yeah. you're able to document it in a way that's you know we can play stuff that was written 1500 years ago. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have a language, a vocabulary to work with is just so important. Yeah, mm -hmm. I found that really cool. So yeah, and it's a really great tool for teaching especially young people because oh, yeah. when you're trying to, when you get a bunch of young bodies in the space they most likely are stiff or they don't they're not fully lived in or they don't know how to move and so to to take them and put them in something like viewpoints gives them all of this access that they never knew they had before break it down yeah yeah and so it's just it's such it's such a powerful tool yeah well, and, and I mean, I guess we could point to that just in anything in our lives, right? Like how we just kind of throw our bodies or our minds or our hearts through the world. And we uh, seem to have this um, 
fear of s- just slowing down and naming what's happening. Yeah. And that's really it. I mean, it's no, uh, the thing about viewpoints practice or many of the somatics practices is that they're just, it, they're, they're your body. I mean, there's no technique. There's and no that's, awareness of self. Is right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And that, that because there's no technique, the whole TM situation and the whole like, well, I will teach you the thing. That's not the thing. It's the underneath the thing. It's the stripping away of the thing. Right. And the saying, what is actually there? Right. right? Can we put that in just a YouTube video? Sure. Right. But that is right. that, that speaks to like that being perceptive and having a consciousness of the world around you, that mm-hmm. you can use those things that are from your culture, whether you're aware of it or not, being, you know, that being your influence. You right. Know, or just like the video stage, design yeah. of, of referring to the just just kids playing basketball. Yeah. But it or it's just, you know, the the uh, the metal detectors, but all of the story we bring with it, mm. you know, whether collectively and individually, it gets to say a lot more than just that two seconds of whatever. Right. That makes sense. You should write a book about this. <laughs> That's what Don play. said. He's yeah. like, he's like, we're going to write a book, theater yeah. mathematics. Yeah, I'm gonna help pitch in my little right. like this, this, this. Talk right. about that. That's talk what. That's this, what OG's that. gotta do, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So then we can always say your name, the inventor of theater mathematics, Damaris Webb, yeah, who was trained true. by the inventor of oh, Damaris, practice. Oh, Damaris, I know Damaris. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. We can Peace, use yeah. For real. Yeah, exactly. Real. I just want to be the person who knows the I person. Know the if, if if not a book, at least just get like a, a, a an audio, you know, sit down like a thing and just sit right. there for like two hours and just say, here is what I believe about theater mathematics. A manifesto. Oh, there you go. A manifesto. Oh, I, love, I think every, every artist should write their own manifesto. And I think I'm just going to drop this. This is, a, this is something that I uh, learned from uh, that I received from Barbara Dilly as a actually a homework assignment was to read autobiographies of artists that you thought they didn't have to be in your field, but artists that you somehow had some, you know, spark okay. from and in that also as well read uh, manifestos and then make your own and you can adapt adopt and change whatever but just I mean the inspiration of looking at those who have come before us mm. and w- in whatever way it's like they had you know we we fortunately unfortunately are like I am my own universe of experience <laughs> but also to be inspired and to take you know from whatever source we can can we, can we you know what my, we didn't talk Molly about that I really it. do want to talk okay. about is that we didn't talk about what well, we pointed at it a little bit about how like having a black set designer right yeah. or like having more diversity in the design team and I really feel that until we have and I know I've preached at y'all maybe not so much you yet but <laughs> about how until we have diversity in like you know from producing to casting like let's start up there I mean yes we have yeah. some diversity in playwrights but until we have diversity and the directors but in the designers as well because that conversation that we were all pointing at how useful and necessary that is to really give a show its full breadth and and I'm really like say what's up with that show that until like if you're just if you're only not just but if you're only uh brown washing or yellow washing the cast uh <laughs> you're you're still not you know engaging that way and that we need to bring up here uh more black and brown and yellow bodies in those areas and like how do we how do we set up situations for that to be successful like i gotta find out who that sixth grader is now a ninth grader that you were talking about before Mm -hmm. is but Mm -hmm. that's just that was the that's the thing that i want to plug it's not a show but i just want to plug that i think it's really important because what i've learned is that there 
there's this kind of dynamic between people who are on stage and the people who are off stage creating the off stage work and it really is a dialogue and so when you're trying to create a really specific type of work it's important to have uh people you know like more diverse voices in on the side of the people who are off stage because especially like for instance especially if you're trying to do something specific like culture or um period or something like that you want as many people who really understand that perspective on both sides and i've learned how valuable that is because when i'm sitting on my side and we're doing a play about black people I'm seeing all kinds of things that either ring true or don't to me, you know, and we never talk about that enough where a lot of times I can imagine these processes where you're doing a black play and you don't have many black people on the other side. You can easily fall into the trap of, well, that's that looks like the movies. So that's right. You know, instead of like that looks like home, Mm -hmm. right? you know, right. And so that's just been something I've noticed recently. So I totally understand what you're talking about, because the more black people we get on the creative teams, the more black people we get into the producing, um, the more we can really start to groom our stories, because it's not just enough to tell the story. You have to groom it so that it feels right to you. And and man, I, I will always preach that the more specific and, and, um, very, uh, defined, the art, the more universal the impacts and the themes. Mm-hmm. The more you can just say, this is what my hood is like. This is what mm-hmm. my upbringing is like. Some other culture, no matter where you are, will go, oh, yeah, yeah, my my slum look just like your hood. And we do the same thing, me and my friends or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, so so I'm always about specificity, you know what I mean? Be mm-hmm. specific and and yeah. be intentional about being very you know like this is who we are and what we are and why we are and the conversations and the reference point right right that's awesome yeah seems like a good time to take a break you can find radical listening from virtual sonic reality on apple podcasts google play and spotify so find us on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe to follow along while you're there why don't you just go ahead and give us five stars you know you love us and we love you too so thanks for listening and enjoy the show Welcome back. It's everyone's favorite part of the show, headlines. Headlines, headlines. Headlines. And so this is the part of the show where we're going to say a headline and you guys can just respond to the headline. We can just talk about what we are seeing in the news. Um, The first headline is 38% of Americans won't buy Corona beer under any circumstance because of the coronavirus. It's American ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Does anyone know how coronavirus got its name? I don't either. Oh, because oh. it's like a type it of like a sun? It's like a type? type of virus. Oh, I've heard there's been a lot. Yeah, yeah there's been them before. Oh. So they're it, they're saying that it is a coronavirus. So so do you think that they were in like the meeting when they were like going to like put the name to it, like a shortening? They were like. So, do you guys drink Corona? Like, what do you think about Corona? Like, do you think they considered the drink? Or do you think they were just like... I think Corona would say no. Because <laughs> 38% of Americans won't even drink it That's now. a big... Yeah, that's well, a big Well, I cut. wouldn't drink it anyway, so... That's true. That's... Um, <laughs> it is good. So, yeah, I don't know. Coronavirus is 
kind of it's taking off. It's taking off. That's what they say. I don't believe it. You don't believe what, it's what? a real? I don't, be- I don't believe it's real. What do you mean you ain't believe it's real? What? I don't believe it's real. I don't believe that it is as 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 uh, deadly or as uh, potential of a pandemic as it is professed to be. Now, I also would wager that that could also be propaganda because that is what the Chinese government has been saying, even though there is an epidemic going on. They're like, no big deal, no big deal. And I've also heard that there might be other people with coronavirus in this area. Um, because and You mean like, like Portland? In like Portland and like that this oh, area. Because there was the one in Lake Oswego recently. And I heard some other people like anecdotal evidence about going to a hospital and seeing some people in like hazmat suits and whatnot. So And so there is an idea that it's actually being underplayed because we know that – uh, Donald Trump got rid of the person who's in charge of pandemics at the mm-hmm. CDC. Mm-hmm. So they actually don't know what's and going Mike on. Pence and Mike Pence is in charge yeah, now. now that just makes me feel safer <laughs> about everything. Pray the yeah. virus away, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, you know. Yeah, I don't think it's real, man. You don't think it's real, though? I don't think it's real. Um, I think that it, it is, uh, at least definitely on the part of Americans, something to, it's, it's money. It's about money. Is that it's but on the, the part world, of the to, World uh, Health Organization says it's real. You don't trust the, the World, world Health Organization. Don't trust who? No, who I don't real? trust who. No, I don't trust who. They also, you know, gave black people AIDS. Whoa. I don't trust none of them. I'm telling you, as it's a black person, Afri- is it in Africa? Do it's we in know? Egypt. It's, it's in Egypt. Well, there's they like say, three they cases, say it's I in think. Egypt. They say there's three, but cases. it did not come from Africa. No. Oh no. No. It apparently came from like bats. See, that's what I heard. Bats. Bats be growing all sorts okay, of nasty how, but, shit in the guano. But how do they know that it came from bats, yet they can't tell us how long it takes to incubate in a human body? I read on the CDC website 14 days. Oh, you did? Yeah. 14 days. 14 days. And it that's like, why the... It, it said in, in terms of um, quarantining someone, it's like if you quarantine someone uh, and they don't experience or exhibit any symptoms within 14 days... You're good. And apparently, if you're not exhibiting symptoms, you can't pass it. What? Mm. But you can always pass things before you exhibit symptoms. So that doesn't make any sense. I thought I read that. So. That's for death. But so, oh, well. But, excuse really? Me. Excuse me. Yes, I mean, isn't that, how, isn't that the whole thing about how these you, things why you would travel and whatever? And like, and uh, what's the deal? <laughs> like, okay, so, so, okay. We all live one second away with Amazon yeah. and with everything else, right? And so how long can it like live outside the human body? That's the next question. That's, That's question. the question is because yeah, how it, how is it transmitted? They're not sure if it's airborne I, or whatever and it the, the reason the reason people are freaked out about it is cuz it's it it travels so fast like you're you're 20 times more likely to die of that than the flu because there's that big statistic going around where people are like you know well the flu pill kills all these people but they're like the flu's been around and is around everywhere already this is a new thing that you have a 20 you're 20 times more likely to die from it if you get it than Mm -hmm. the flu because we don't know about it and it travels super fast Mm -hmm. Um, so but how do we know it travels super fast right because of how it's moving because of how many people have been infected in the time that it's been around and how fast it's spreading but if they don't know how, uh, but they say it's 14 days of incubation because I mean maybe it's just. I also heard that if you have incubation. it, you like the symptoms. It can go dormant, and then the symptoms can like come back. So that with 14 day quarantine doesn't make any. 
Let me, well, let me maybe. Take a look, I, look I are there look, zombies I was looking outside? This up yesterday. Well, see, look, this <laughs> That's is a good question. Y'all, y'all know that y'all remember that game Extinction? It's like a little app game that Here you can is. play. You can create. Yeah, a, a people virus. have been talking about That's that game a lot. Here's like, what the CDC website says: like. uh, For COVID nineteen, which is the virus we're talking right, about, right. the period of quarantine is fourteen days from the last date of exposure because fourteen days is the longest incubation period seen for similar coronaviruses. Because coronaviruses have been around. There's, Lots of different versions. So someone who has been released from COVID-19 uh, quarantine is not considered a risk for spreading the virus to others because they've not developed the illness during this period. Uh, but let me, I'm going to look for the other thing. Radical listening, this has been your PSA. No. <laughs> Basically, yeah, we haven't you told know, you shit. I mean, this is, this is me reading off of my smartphone it. off of this CD. Was yeah. Yeah. So do just your own research. Redo it so you don't have to. Yeah, just be paranoid. <laughs> All right, next headline. Yep. Next. Uh, this is good. So, Torontonians lined up for the Canadian launch of White Claw. Because That's a now, beer, right? Well, kind of. Hard seltzer. It's a hard seltzer. Off. Okay, hard seltzer. Spike yeah. seltzer. Okay, okay. So, yeah, uh, there are long lines in front of Front Street for the Canadian launch of White Claw, the almost sugar free vodka soda. What? So vodka. Have you... do they they have actual vodka? Because here's That's the what thing. they say. Okay, because in America, I thought that you can't put liquor into things that you're selling like that. You know, and I thought it was like a malt beverage. But uh, never mind. Continue. Sorry. So that, that's that's what we got. So have you have you had a white claw yet? No. No. Oh, I'm wow. not a drinker like that, and and they're and just spiked seltzers. You've seen them, right? Yeah, no, I can't. No, not my cup of tea. We don't get out like that. Cool, cool. No, you made me. Well, they're kind of taking off because you know, like Lacroix is real big, and all the seltzers are like kind of taking off. Seltzer water is just huge for the last few years. Like people have been just drinking a lot more carbonated water. That's true. And so recently, within the last few years, they've started coming out with these like hard seltzers that are alcoholic, and then they're like lightly flavored, but they're like clear, just like seltzer water with alcohol. But what, so it's so, sold in a liquor store or what? Sold just sold in a in sold anywhere in like you can get beer because they're all like a five percent alcohol, oh. like a beer would be. So it's oh. the same kind of like alcohol as a beer. But they've been so popular that I now just they're put finally ice cubes in my drink. There you go. No, I, I like that take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but know. I ain't had it. I they haven't know. had it in Canada yet, and because it's been so popular here. The lines are Did out you the know door. That? Did you know this is nice. I've never even I, this heard is actually of this the before. greatest. Yeah, no, I've not, yeah, no. Response this could be. No, I am just like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. That. Well, right on. You know, I say well, to just all the people. Just in time for summer. Stay just out there. Just in time for summer is right. Yeah, I'm a Bud Light kind of beer guy. Ew, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bud Light, yeah. Well, then you probably would like White Claw. Yeah, yeah you probably would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> also, a study came out. Oh. And they, it shows through some kind of test that self-centered, stubborn men are more likely to own luxury cars. Hmm. Hmm. Is anybody surprised? Right. Can science explain why <laughs> the self-centered, stubborn men? Yeah. Stubborn. Luxury cars. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. He brought this up earlier, and I was like, "Okay, tell me something I don't know." Be like. <laughs> But there's science about yeah. it now. I mean, there's science now, so it's proven. <laughs> yeah. So it's proven. But like, if now, if if they, if the science can actually be a little more specific and say exactly what kind of luxury car, like wow. like 2003 Lamborghinis. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? That'd be pretty dope. I mean, we're just in the I beginning. Wonder, I wonder what the stubborn part has to do with it. Hmm. I mean, is it? Could it I mean, is it? Only? Well, think about it this way. Like, I imagine that a lot of luxury cars, you have to kind of ignore the fact that it uses a lot of gas. Uh huh. And it uses like, like, like premium gas. Right, it's probably actually taxing to have it. Yeah. It's an image thing. I also there's a study I'd heard of uh, before that was about. Um, you know, the barred crosswalks that you're supposed to stop at for people. They had people uh, wait at some of those and look at the makes and models of the cars that actually would stop for people who are waiting and the cars that wouldn't. And like far and beyond, it was the luxury cars that would just go right across and wouldn't stop. Huh. So, at you know, gain some credence to the, yeah. the self. Uh, or the, or the people man. who can't afford those cars are more concerned about lawsuits. That could be too. Also, that could be yeah. part of it. But they also, the, the, their thought, one of the thoughts mm. was that, you know, maybe they can, the people in cars that aren't as nice maybe have walked places before, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, or, you yeah. know, have waited across Are we going to talk walk. about how people in Portland just walk, just step out? I just want to take oh everybody God. in Portland and oh put them in Haiti God. for like a weekend. Yo, Portlanders, you cannot do you that. You can't do bro. that. Yeah. You car versus man, yeah. car always, always wins. wins. Yeah, you might get a little insurance, whatever out but of no, it, but you got two broke it. legs, bro. Look, there's this, <laughs> the, there's the law here about that any intersection is a crosswalk, and people have taken it too far because they just walk anywhere. Right, yeah. and they, just step. Like, they don't even look; they just step out. Oh my god! Huh, 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 huh. But you know where else they step out? New York City. Yeah, but th- I don't think people step out just into traffic against the light. Like they step out and they take <laughs> right, a you, look, you and to, then they go and they make a, a choice. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and in New York, they are like getting their ass across the street. Yeah, they're you not make a just choice. like just walk because like you cute. can walk. And I will say, I the worst street that I've experienced this on is Division between like 39th and 50th. Where it's like salt and straw and all those other places. Not oh, to like whatever. Shit. I mean, like, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, all Portland these places, weird. you know. And it's like, you know, I don't know. They don't seem like they're from here. No, I know. Well, that's the thing. It's a tourist. <laughs> no, well, people are I mean, just, yeah. They're, they're, they're on vacation and they don't care also, about the rules. Also, the place where I'm, <laughs> should I say this? I'm going to say it. We can cut it off if we need to. The place where I felt like I've gotten hit, almost hit the most times is near here, 23rd. Oh, like yeah. we're oh, trying to no, cross coming the street up here, here. Oh my God, people are just... and walking, crossing the street. I and I saw it again yesterday. I've gotten like I've been working here for two months, pretty much consistently, and I've gotten hit almost hit twice. And um, I've seen other people. Like yesterday, I saw them, someone almost run directly into a couple that was crossing the street. Yeah. Well, people just lose their mind coming off the bridge with the new traffic pattern. Like it is beyond pattern. them to to and understand the, the new traffic pattern. Uh. They are they cannot and they oh, no. No, no. Yeah, but but come and see our shows here at Coho Theater. It's, uh, it's a good time. <laughs> it seems like a good time uh, to talk about plugs. It really is a the nice seventh. theater. You guys should come and check it out. All right, so let's just do plugs. So plugs, plugs, plugs. plugs. The L.A. Lakers, baby. <laughs> uh, LeBron James. I was gonna say Anthony what era? Davis, Kyle Kuzma, right now. Rondo, Dwight. Have you always All been a Lakers boys. fan? All my life, man. Oh, okay. All my life. I was born into a Jordan household. So like oh. when I was a kid, I remember like Jordan winning rings. And then like my like my biggest memory of Jordan is being like in Fort Lauderdale, hanging out with my friends. It was like my our family's 
friends and family, and uh, he hit the big shot against the Utah Jazz, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm up on my seat, like, going, oh, my God. And my brother, who was like, he's a diehard Jordan fan, like, he was like, he was having a heart attack. Um, but right after that, I remember Kobe Bryant. And so, yeah. shout out Kobe Bryant. Shout out. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, the Bean, Black Mamba. Um, yeah. Who you got, Coach? Who you shouting out? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really excited to see the Journal of Ben Uchida, uh, Oregon Children's Theater production with Dima Roberts directing. I'm excited mm. to see that. Yeah. I'm also excited to see Seven Guitars. It's going to yep. come out. Oh, yeah. Passing Art. Passing Art. Yep. Passing art. Um, I don't know what else is out there. I'm sorry, friends. I mean, see Pipeline. Go see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pipeline. definitely come Play, see Pipeline. Playing through March 15th at Portland Playhouse. Yes. That's right. Yes. Uh, Pan-African Festival. Uh, later this summer, August 8th. That is August 8th from 12 to 8.30 p.m. That will be at the Pioneer Square. Um, it'll be uh, a day full of celebration um, of the Pan-African culture. If you don't know what Pan-African means, that means celebrating black people all around the globe, whether you are in North America, South America, uh, Africa, Europe, Asia, Australia, or if you're even in uh, the North or South Pole. Um, not coming up for a while, though, is the Vanport Mosaic Festival. That'll be uh, the end of May, beginning of June. Uh, Bliss, or Emily Post is Dead by Jamie Brandy. Uh, it's running now uh, until March 14th. Uh, you can go and see one of Confrontation's own Jasmine Cottrell. Shout out, Jasmine. Phil, you saw what? that show, right? I saw it last night, and that was my plug, so thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I love oh, that. That's what's up. Yeah, I had a great time. And we're coming off the end of Black History Month. <laughs> don't get me started. Don't get me started. Oh, in the Black History Month Part Three. That yeah. Was, yeah, last Thank month you. Was part two. Yes. Now this is Part Three. Yes. Yeah. Um. Some of my friends are taking over the Dante's Inferno Sinferno Cabaret on uh Sunday, March twenty second. Uh. So the Crystal Ballers are taking over at Dante's that night. You should come see it. It's a really, really great cabaret show that happens every Sunday in uh at dante's and it's the only place where you can spin fire at a bar so yeah. there's a ton of great fire oh. performances um and like go-go stuff cabaret act some of the weirder weirder stuff you'll see and a lot of really i saw someone do like the handstand and like shoot in a flaming arrow with their feet like at the center yeah. of a, a target Ooh. like you know it's like that's some highly, highly skilled stuff happens so yeah amazing. i uh you should Anytime, any Sunday night when you're thinking of something to do late night, if you don't have to be up early, do that. But especially the 22nd of March. Yeah. yeah. And there's what? One more week in a found dog? One more week in a found dog. Uh, we close March 7th here at Coho. So come see us. That's Three more up. opportunities. Yeah. Great. Thank you guys so much for coming and doing this with us. Hey, thank you for having us, man. Thank, thanks for the whiskey. <laughs> yes. 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 It was quite lovely. Yeah, quite lovely. <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> That's right. Even if it's not real, wash your fucking hands. In, in college, in college, we had this person who she would finish our like like weekly theater department meeting. She'd say, "And everybody, remember, wash your hands." So there you go. Absolutely believe it. Or thank you. <laughs> hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to uh, talk about our show sponsors. 
Coho is a theater that's located in Northwest Portland, and their mission is to broaden perspectives and cultivate empathy through vibrant and intimate productions. If you're looking to get involved with Coho or interested in seeing a show, uh, you can check them out um, at 2257 Northwest Raleigh Street in Portland, Oregon, or you can look at their website, which is cohoproductions.org. Our other show sponsor is virtualsonicreality.com, which is a production company that specializes in recording and audio format entertainment, such as podcasts and audio dramas. Uh, feel free to visit the website at virtualsonicreality.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radical Listening. If you have questions or would like to reach out, feel free to reach out to our email, which is radicallisteningpodcast at gmail.com, or visit the Coho Theater website for more information. And thanks for listening.